Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Hello, 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 friends. So, boy, we got some pirate work to do today, let me tell you. Uh, I got to say, it is incredible. You, you just you bring up the headlines, and the first thing I see is the FBI. Let's talk about corruption, right? And let me open up with this. First of all, let me open up with Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you. And yes, Merry Christmas. We don't do happy holidays. And I'm going to tell you, the last segment of the show, I'm going to really, I'm going to hit Christmas today. I can't wait to talk about it. It's my favorite thing. I love and I'm just obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I'm so excited to talk about that. But we got a lot of things to talk about. And before we get there, I want to start out, this corruption, this corruption is mind-blowing. Our Federal Bureau of Investigation. Now, we started out, two, you know, we talked a few days ago. We talked, I don't know, we've talked sometime in the past. We talked about the DOD's possible role in covering up, hiding, being involved with the, the you know, the Wuhan flu, uh, being involved with the death jab, the clot shot, all the things that uh, if I, you know, I'm going to basically get banned from Facebook for talking about, right? This is unbelievable because it's the corruption in our federal government doesn't end with the DOD. The DOD is corrupt. The intelligence community is corrupt. But we also have a corrupt FBI. Basically, anything involved with enforcing the laws or protecting our country seems to be corrupt from beginning to end. It's insane. So the FBI has agents working at Twitter. They probably have agents working at Facebook. They have people all over the place. And their entire purpose is censorship. This is absolutely the definition of a First Amendment violation. Our founding fathers are rolling over in their grade. It is unbelievable. So the FBI has got people embedded in these different social media companies for no other reason than to, to censor us, to control our speech, to ensure we can't communicate with each other, to make sure that we're not telling people about the death that the COVID vaccines are causing, to make sure that we're not telling people and warning them, don't take remdesivir, it'll kill you, to make sure that we're not sharing with people, hey, the elections really are corrupt. You know, we should probably look at the real evidence. It is incredible. Free speech is central to everything we do. Everything. Uh, there's some wonderful people that are interested in looking at this. I see uh, if you're a Twitter person, you've probably seen or heard of Kim.com. This guy is, he's an interesting character. He's a, I love his posts. I get a boot out of him. Uh, but, you know, he was talking a little bit today about do, taking on some FBI corruption or some uh, free speech issues, things like that. Uh, I've got a wonderful friend, Sarah Westall, who's looking at some different things. Uh, we got all sorts of heroes ready to fight this. The problem is, how do we fight? How do we get our, our speech rights back, right? And the reason it's tricky is that these guys are hiding that they're even doing it. They're completely hiding everything. They hide everything behind this kind of wall of confidentiality. Oh, sorry, it's an ongoing investigation, or it's a it's it's a government issue that's related to your security, so we don't have to disclose it. The Patriot Act was one of the greatest uh, just failures 
of the American citizens to be vigilant in history. And I'm going to tell you that when it was passed, I actually thought it seemed like yeah, it seemed reasonable, right? You know, but I wasn't really paying much attention. What it was was a power grab. It consolidated a lot of power in the federal government to do a lot of things that we don't want them doing. You know, if you give up your freedom for security, you're going to end up with neither of them. Pretty wise guy said that once. Look it up. And that's what we have right now. We don't have freedom and we don't have security. You can tell. I mean, we're letting terrorists over our southern border. We're letting violence occur all over in the streets of every major city. And in the meantime, what's our federal government working on? Censoring us. Making sure that we don't talk to each other. And for God's sakes, making sure you don't vote for or support Donald Trump or anybody like him or anybody who believes that you should have America first if you're a politician as a priority. And that's really the key here, right? Because it seems almost like a number of the people in our federal government are working very hard to put other countries in their own interests ahead of our country. The interests of special interests seem to consistently be put above the interests of the American people. The interests of other countries seem to be put above the interests of American people. This whole Green New Deal garbage, there is nothing about that that's pro-American. Nothing. What do we get for in increasing our dependency on China, for eliminating our own ability to, to create and support energy? We don't get anything. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd. So despite this, we're going we're going to let our politi our politicians, we're gonna we're gonna support all these things. It is insanity. It's literally insanity. Meanwhile, back in the FBI, you know, they just want to make sure we aren't talking about this. Just can't talk about this. Censorship. Why was censorship so important to our founders? That's really important. It's really important to think about. We wrote the First Amendment, right? It's the First Amendment. It's the first one they wrote. First thing they did, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. Why is that so important? Well, the First Amendment was so important, and I think you can find indications of this by looking at the Second Amendment. So the First Amendment was about allowing us to get together because we, the people, are the ultimate protection against tyranny. And you've got to think about the mindset back at the time that the First Amendment was passed, the Bill of Rights. You know, we had just gotten done with the revolution. We were fighting for our freedom against tyranny, a tyrannical king that was trying to rule us from thousands of miles away. And, uh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of trust for the government. And that was a wise, wise position. I don't trust our government now. I think they're a bunch of crooks. Well, that distrust led people to say, well, what can we do to make sure that the government is always accountable to the people rather than the people being accountable to the government? And they came up with a bunch of things. And they said the first thing they came up with was making sure that people knew what was going on. That's the First Amendment. You can believe what you want, you can say what you want, and you can talk with people about what you want. And you can get together with who you want. No problem. It's not illegal. And you know what? If the government ever tries stopping that, that's what the Second Amendment was for. Now, no one wants that. No one wants to get that way, right? The, the Second Amendment was the ultimate fail-safe against tyranny. We don't ever want to get there. 
thankfully we aren't there. We have a lot of peaceful mechanisms to restore our government right now. But that was the mindset of the time. The mindset of the time was really about preventing tyranny and ensuring that governmental encroachments on freedom could never occur. That was so crucial, so, so crucial, that it became the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. It's vital that we understand that when we interpret the laws, we have to interpret them as they're written and as they were meant to be interpreted at the time they were written. Why is that? Well, and that makes me a textualist and originalist, right? The, the plain meaning of the words is really kind of indisputable. We got to we got to go with that first, right? Because if the words don't have meaning, then the law doesn't have meaning. I mean, if if a boy can be a girl under the law, well, then why can't the fifty five mile per hour speed limit be a sixty five mile per hour speed limit? Your Honor, I uh, I identify the speed limit as being seventy. It's fifty five. No, no, no. Not for me. I identify 70 and 55 being the same. It's ridiculous, but so is the idea that if you have a penis, you're not a boy. Uh, we can't redefine words and have an effective legal system. And if you do redefine words, then you no longer have law. You either have plain language of the law uh, governing or you don't have law. Why is this so important? Well, because the First Amendment, right? The First Amendment. And we also have to look at original intent. That's why we talked about the mindset of these guys back then. They didn't want censorship. They didn't want anybody screwing with you. You say what you want to say. That's part of being an American. When we look at what's occurring, and the defense that these guys seem to be putting forth is, oh, no, the government didn't censor you. Uh, Twitter did, and they're a private company, and that's okay. That's the garbage that they're putting forth. Now, wait a second. Wait a second here. So Twitter, that at the time had a bunch of FBI agents working for them, or Facebook, which probably does now, they're doing all this censorship. The government's working with them or has people embedded there, and somehow we're supposed to be okay with this? Now, the American people have realized this is garbage for quite some time. That's why people are fussy about this censorship. That's why we have True Social doing so well and some of these others doing so well because, you know, people didn't want it. Now, with Elon Musk opening communications back on Twitter, that's why we have that, right? Twitter is blowing up right now because he's allowing conversations to occur. So with all that being said, let's let's see, you know, what, what does uh, – What's the problem, right? The the people get it. Everybody gets this. Everybody knows that this looks illegal. It sounds illegal. If you look at the original intent of the Constitution, clearly, you know, the FBI or the federal government manipulating private business into forcing censorship would be unconstitutional. If you look at the plain language, it's that way. What's going on? Well, we're ignoring the First Amendment is what was going on. Uh, the courts are doing pretzels and backflips and all sorts of things to try and find ways to give the government the benefit of the doubt. But guys, it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck. It's a duck. And I don't care about Section 230. The First Amendment trumps Section 230. It's just that simple. This is a government action. And just because 
uh, Twitter's a private company or Facebook's a private co- private company doesn't mean that you can have them collude with the government to censor free speech. It is not acceptable. The rulings on Section 230 have been absolute tripe on this. Section 230 is in and of itself unconstitutional if it is to be interpreted to create immunity for a private entity that is working with the government to censor private citizens. We know that's precisely what's happening now. This is not constitutional. And if the interpretation of the law by the courts is one that suggests that it's only constitutional because these are private entities, that interpretation fails in light of the fact that we know that those private entities are working directly with the federal government. You can't censor free speech. And I think there's a lot of value to the argument that, uh, you know, these private entities are actually public utilities. You know, they're the public square of today. I think they should be recognized as public utilities in that on that level. You know, uh, there's been a lot of back and forth on this. You know, some people say, well, we want these companies to be regulated as private utilities. Some people say we don't. There's a lot of back and forth on that. And I generally don't like the government getting its nose into things. But at the same time, I will tell you that the lack of regulation in what is clearly a utility uh, is is very troubling. Plus, I will tell you also, how much money do we give to Amazon Web Services? How much money do we give? And I, by we, I mean the American people and our American governments. How much money are we giving these guys? We're giving them a lot of money. When the government's paying them a lot for a lot of different services and embedding people and all these other things, it doesn't really matter what you have to say. That is absolutely a uh, a government utility. I mean, a, a federal utility. I, how is it not? How is this not? So we have got to, got to, got to ensure that we start looking at this the right way. Section 230 was about preventing uh, people from getting in trouble for removing child porn or having child porn or having sick garbage like that. You know, and I get that, right? So you got this huge social media company and, you, you know, someone sneaks a, a pick on there. You don't want to get sued every time that happens. I get that. The problem is, is that that was the meaning. That was what it was for. It wasn't about ensuring that there's total immunity for censorship, even over the overriding the First Amendment. And if it was about that, then the law fails because it's unconstitutional. So yeah, that is what it is. We cannot allow that. And we have to stand for this. So we got to get back to that original intent and original interpretation. Uh, but we also need to talk about the FBI. How corrupt are these people? What have they not done? They actively worked to undermine the Trump administration and to ensure that he couldn't get reelected. The Department of Justice. Now, let's talk about the FBI working for the Department of Justice, you know, our AGs, where were they? Where were the Republican AGs that were serving Trump? What were they doing on this? Why has the FBI not been cleaned out? These people cannot get away with this. We have got to take a stand against this corrupt FBI. We've got to put a stop to this. It's just that simple. Now, these guys are not in any way, shape, or form honest players. It's been clear. And yeah, this insult, this absolute insult 
of a response, hey, these are conspiracy theorists from the FBI, that's garbage. My message to those guys is, guess what? We the people aren't afraid of you. I can't wait to sue you. We'll see you in court coming up. I look forward to developing that case, whatever it is, and suing your butts. Okay. So, if you haven't bought a Cofix yet, buy some Cofix. Cofix is a nasal cleaner. You wash your hands, it gets rid of germs. So, if you're getting sick and your sinuses are all gunky and filled with germs, don't you want to wash your sinuses? I mean, to me, this makes sense. Uh, the America Out Loud banner has a, a link. You can get you can get there from there. If you use America Out Loud at checkout, you get a nice discount. But uh, I got to be honest with you. I never thought I would promote a nasal wash. Never, ever. McCullough talked a lot about it. And Peter is one of the most brilliant doctors I've ever ran across. He talked about, you know, using nasal washes and stuff. It's It's really effective. And honestly, I like it. Uh, when I'm getting sick, if I'm sick, you know, it, it really seems to help. So uh, get yourself some Cofix. Use it if you're getting sick. Uh, use America Out Loud in the checkout code. You'll get a discount. And I'll talk to you here in a minute. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20%. By using promo code OUTLOUD. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only 8 seconds, one second less than a goldfish. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.5 proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. That's HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. All righty. So next, 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 continuing on our culture of corruption, which is pretty much the entirety of our federal government. Uh, let's talk about Nancy Pelosi. Speaking of corruption, by the way, did anybody see that picture of her at the beach? Man, that was terrifying. I, I've I've been trying to unsee that for well since I saw it the first time and uh, it just keeps coming back and I don't know I, I'm considering gouging my own eyes out I don't really know what else to do unfortunately the memory will probably still be there so I don't know 
Uh, okay. I'm sorry. I should be better than that. My wife's going to scold me again and I'm going to be in trouble. You know, I get in a lot of trouble from my wife. God bless her. I've got a great wife. Um, but you know, she's got to correct me now and then because I'm a husband and that's what we do is we get into trouble and then our wives correct us. So I probably deserve that. I should be better. I know. I'm sorry that Nancy looks like a beach whale. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Um, Anyways, so corruption. Our FBI is corrupt as can be. There's zero question about that. I mean, these guys are everywhere. But their corruption extends beyond just Twitter. And today we had this report came out talking about Nancy Pelosi and her role in the failed January 6th security measures. Hmm. Okay. So... I'm going to be called a conspiracy theorist on this, and I'm sure that I'm going to have all sorts of trouble from this. I'm just going to tell you outright. Talked to a lot of J6ers. I've talked to a lot of lawyers working with J6ers. I've talked to a lot of people in and around this. I've done a fair bit of research on J6. And I haven't spent a ton of time gathering evidence. But what I will tell you is there's a ton of evidence that's being withheld and suppressed. You remember, remember my battle cry. If you don't have anything to hide, you don't hide it, right? So where does all that lead me? This is this is my belief, okay? I, I can't say that I can prove this. I can't. But I'm going to tell you, based on the evidence, based on the very peculiar items of evidence that keep being withheld, and based on the garbage that's going on, I think J6 was one big setup. I'm just going to go on record. I think it was one big setup. What do I mean by that? There were instigators. There's all sorts of reports that the FBI, of all people, had people embedded, whether they were witnesses, whether they were actually FBI agents. I don't know. But there's all sorts of reports of the FBI being actively involved in encouraging people to be where they weren't supposed to be on J6. Yeah, they People should not have went into the Capitol building. They shouldn't have. And for anybody that broke anything or did anything wrong, well, if you get some, if you get in some trouble for that, well, I don't know what to tell you. I, you know, you thought that was okay. Now here's the problem though. There are very credible reports of police officers or officials standing there waving people into the Capitol building. It's not trespassing if you're waving people in, right? If people had a good faith reason to believe they should be there, that's not criminal at that point, okay? And if it was, it's arguably entrapment. Why are we having so much trouble on this J6 in terms of the cases and everything else? Well, you guys got to understand something. These J6ers are getting beat up really badly. They're, this is some of the most egregious civil rights violations in history. Why are these people getting attacked so badly? Why is the full force of the DOJ going after these guys in ways that are mind-blowing over charges like trespassing? Well, the reason is, is that it's a cover-up, in my opinion. I think the whole thing's a cover-up. The report today says that Pelosi was responsible for the security failure. I think she's responsible for more than that. Listen, these guys would do anything 
to keep Trump out of the White House, as demonstrated from the FBI. Russia collusion hoax, anybody? Twitter files, anybody? Hunter Biden laptop, anybody? Everywhere I look, we have a corrupt FBI causing trouble. Is it such a hard thing to believe that the FBI would have had something to do with J6? They did everything else. They were involved with everything else. More and more keeps coming out. I want to know what the FBI was doing on J6. I want to know everything. I want to know if you're going to call J6 an insurrection, if you're going to tell me that Donald Trump can't run for president again because of J6, I want a full, transparent, un, uh, unredacted release of all evidence related to this. I don't want any camera angles hidden. I don't want anything hidden. I want every single piece of evidence made public, and there's zero reason not to. Zero. You don't hide things unless you have something to hide. Nancy, what did you do? If you were that scared that J6 was going to be a disaster, what did you do to prevent that moving up to it? Huh? What happened? This is really really critical. J6 is being used and has been used for over a year or almost a year as a weapon to keep bludgeoning the former president. Listen, I don't care what you think of Donald Trump. At the end of the day, Donald Trump served for as president for four years and has the same legal protections as any other president. Here's the problem. I couldn't list another person whose rights were violated more egregiously than Donald Trump. The DOJ, apparently in conjunction with the Democrat Party, seems to have worked around the clock to do everything they could to undermine him and ensure that he was taken out of office. Why? Why? You don't do that over political differences. Who are you getting paid off by? I want to know who's getting paid off where. And, you know, call me a conspiracy theorist. Go ahead. I dare you. Here's the deal. Here's my response. Okay. Prove that I'm a conspiracy theorist. You want to call me that? That's fine. You release the evidence. Don't tell me to trust you. You looked at it behind closed doors. Let me tell you how far I trust Liz Cheney. Not as far as I can throw her. I'm a big dude. I think I can get some distance. I do not trust Liz Cheney. I do not trust Nancy Pelosi. I do not trust any member of the J6 committee. These guys are crooks and rhinos as far as I'm concerned. Now, that's not because of their findings. It's not because of Donald Trump that I say that. It's because they will not share what's going on. And here's the deal. We, everything I've said about COVID ended up being right. Everything I said about the vaccine ended up being right. We look at the Arizona election. Fraud. All of these things that were conspiracy theories are turning out to have a lot of truth to it. Honor Biden laptop. Well, FBI did suppress it. So did the mainstream media. All the people that are going to call me a conspiracy theorist are proven liars. So I don't care what you call me anymore. You've lost credibility with me. NBC, CBS, whatever. You guys are all proven liars. You have no credibility whatsoever with me, so I don't care what you call me. Here's what I want to know. I want to know when you're going to show me the evidence. Disprove me. Show that I don't know what I'm talking about. Show that I'm a conspiracy theorist. I want you to demonstrate. I want you to show. Don't tell me because I don't care what you say. You're liars. You're crooks. I don't care how many times you say it. 
The problem is, is if you fool me once, shame on you. If you fool me twice, shame on me. You know that old saying? You can't trust a liar. These guys have not stopped lying. The only person or the only people on the planet whose credibility may be as bad as Anthony Fauci is FBI. FBI has less than no credibility. I'd be surprised if they had that much. The FBI is an absolute disaster. Nancy Pelosi is a piece of garbage. She's reprehensible. By the way, uh, any more on, on her husband's uh, little debacle? Uh, you know, I posted some stuff on that a while back, Twitter through social. Uh, it seemed like there was a lot of things that they weren't talking about. You know, I'm going to be real honest. Uh, you know, there were a lot of reports about this being some sort of a, a gay tryst between her husband and this guy. I don't know if that's true or not. I have no idea what actually happened. But, you know, I mean, it seems like there were a few holes in that story. You got you got reporters getting fired for telling the truth. You got all sorts of things. And it really disappeared. I want to know what happened to your story, Nancy. What happened with your husband? How comes we never really found out the truth about it? Uh, where were the videos? Where were all the things that we, we didn't get to see on that one, huh? Hmm. Everything these people do is lie. Everything. I trust them zero. And why should I? Why should I, right? These people are supposed to work for us. Uh, let me ask you a question. Does anybody within the sound of my voice believe that if you went up and said, hey, Nancy, you work for me. What are you doing in my best interest this week? That she, you, she'd even let you get near her to do that? No. No. These people think that they're gods and, and uh, tyrants. They've totally lost sight of the founding of our nation. They've lost sight of the fact that they're supposed to be public servants. These people aren't supposed to control the country. The country's supposed to control them, but that's gone. It's totally lost. Now they have an army of bureaucrats that they blame for every piece of garbage that occurs. And uh, they just, they just keep getting more corrupt. And it's no better on the, it's not much better on the Republican side. We've got some Republicans that are good that we can support. Um, but I mean, look at the rhinos, look at what they just pushed through with this omnibus bill, this spending bill, Mitch McConnell, shame on you. You're a piece of garbage. You really are. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, listen, I'm equal opportunity. Nobody likes me, Democrat or Republican. Um, Mr. McConnell's a piece of garbage. This guy, Mitt Romney, is the only Republican that might be worse than Mitch McConnell, but I don't even know. It'd be a battle. I'd hate to see which of those guys is worse. But neither of them are actually Republicans. Neither of them like their base. They run run under the R name, but I don't know why. They hate their base. They hate everyone that's you know MAGA or Make American Free. Um, you know, if you want to make America number one, don't work with those guys. You know, um, and it makes no sense to me, right? If you're if you're a Senate member, if you're a member of the Senate of the United States, and and you're not trying to put America's interests above foreign interests or your own interests, why? What, what what's what's your job? What are you doing? The fact that we even have a conversation. This is actually, I don't want to go on a total side tyrant, but I think I might. Uh, why are we having a conversation about whether or not America first is a good thing? How is that even a conversation? So wait, you want me to vote for you and you're going to tell me that you don't believe in America first? What the hell am I going to vote for you on? 
What? So you can destroy America or make a second? Are we we shooting for the top here or not? What what are we doing? No, America first is it's it's terrible. What? Oh, we're citizens of the world. No, I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm not a citizen of the world. There's no global government. I'm not a part of some global government. I didn't agree to that. I live under the U.S. Constitution. I'm a citizen of the United States. I don't want to be a citizen of China. It's a disaster. Jeez, oh, Pete. And if you do, if you want to be a citizen of China, if you want to be a part of the EU or whatever you want to be, go there by all means. Yeah, I'm sure that the American people would consider funding you in a one-way airplane ticket. What in the hell have we got, has happened to us? We're at a point now where America first is a debatable topic amongst politicians. It's certainly a debatable topic for Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, and a lot of others. Cortez, I mean, well, she doesn't even count. She's a brain-dead bartender. I mean, I don't really care what she has to say. Uh, but, you know, listen. America first? Is a debatable topic? Really? I don't know what else to say about that. I, I just, I've been so blown away by this. Uh, and I, again, I didn't mean to totally get off into a tirade, but uh, every now and then something will pop up and you know, we, we got to go into it. But back to the original point, the culture of corruption has to be stopped. The culture of corruption is deep in Washington, and it's something that we have to put down, and we have to put it down permanently. We cannot allow this to continue. It's destroying our country. And, you know, I think if there's one reason that we all need to support Donald Trump, it's that all these people are against him. Now, I love tweaking people with that. But you know the Donald uh, the Donald stood for some good things. He didn't do everything I loved. I mean, I'm still waiting for him to talk about these vaccines. I mean, I think that's an absolute disaster. Uh, but yeah, he stood for America first. Why do we have a problem with that? And by the way, that's the part that's the thing that he did that these guys seem to have the greatest issue with. They all seem to take issue with him being an America first guy. Why would the FBI spend the entirety of his four years in office undermining him? Where were our attorney generals? How were they allowing this to go on? Why is it that our intelligence community seemed to be actively working to undermine the president? You know, I'm going to go on record with this. I think that the single greatest loss to Donald Trump was General Michael Flynn. Uh, Flynn, I mean, you know, full disclosure, Flynn's a buddy of mine. I've, I've talked to him a lot, and, you know, I, I really appreciate him. I think he's a hero. Uh, Flynn, you know, he had said before they got to office that that he was going to audit the Black Book projects. The Black Book projects are the, you know, the, the secret things that our, our intelligence agencies do. Had he done that, he would have found out about the Wuhan program, you know, where we created COVID. He would have found out about a lot of things. I think that's why they had to get rid of him. I think that's why they tried to trash him and destroy his family. And I think that's why they attacked him so much, because he would have found out what was going on. You know, there is a deep state. There is a deep state. I don't know what exactly deep state means, but I'm going to tell you what I know. The FBI is corrupt. The intelligence community appears to be corrupt. And our in Congress is 
I mean, I don't even know what to say about him. Just Nancy Pelosi is all I got to say. I, I just don't know what else there is. It's it's beyond beyond comprehension. But I got to tell you, there's a lot of hope, and I'm actually quite happy and hopeful. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But first, so when my family's getting sick, what happens is the kids will get sick, and uh, you know someone's coughing, hacking. Next thing you know, the whole family's sick. It runs through the house. It's a disaster. We end up sick for a month. Then it's every year because you know the germs pass. Well, there's a, a product, and if you use the promo code America Out Loud, or if you click on the banner ad. You get a big discount on it, but the product is the Genesis HOCL. And what that is, is it's an atomizer. It's not an air purifier, it's an atomizer, but it does purify the air in the sense that it puts out this stuff in the air that kills germs. I really like this, right? Because you, you run this thing, you, you put in this solution and you dilute it, and then it, it comes out and it kills germs in the air. That's spectacular. That way, when my kids are hacking and whatever, I don't have to worry about it spreading. That's why it's just ideal because we know a lot of the stuff, it's droplets, it spreads, it sits in there and it causes germs. Yeah. So take a look, Genesis HOCL, and uh, tell them America Out Loud sent you. We'll be right back. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Boy, am I excited. I am actually really, really excited, right? So we've talked about a lot of nasty, horrible things this show, corruption. There's so many issues, right? So many bad things. But you know what? Merry Christmas, brothers and sisters. Merry Christmas, my friends. I am so happy to do this segment. The first Christmas. I'm so excited to share with you my love of Christmas. And this segment is all about Christmas. It's all about hope. And I think it's really important right now. Because a lot of us warriors, I want to start out by talking about warriors. What's a warrior? A warrior is someone who will stand and fight for something. Stand and fight for a cause, for whatever. There's a lot of good warriors in our nation. A lot of people standing and fighting for our country. Fighting for freedom. Fighting for our future. Fighting for our children's future. Fighting against tyranny, against corruption. Against some of those most 
powerful evil forces in the world. Those warriors, many of them are tired. They're beat up. They're scarred. So first, let me offer my brother and sister warriors a word of encouragement. Remember, if you're a warrior, yeah, it's been about three years of nonstop battle. And if you were involved with trying to protect President Trump, it's been four years before that. So it's been a long, hard fight. We're fighting some serious evil. COVID, elections, I mean, you name it. Anything freedom is, is under attack. We've all taken a beating. We've all taken star, scars. We've all taken hits. But stand strong, brothers and sisters. Stand strong. Those scars make us stronger. That's the nature of a warrior. The scars don't break a warrior. The scars make a warrior stronger. And that's what's happening. We're all getting stronger. We're going to continue to get stronger. And I have nothing but hope. 2023 is going to be spectacular. I have total, total belief that 2023 is going to be amazing. 2,000 years ago, a baby was born. Baby was born in a little stable, in a little town that nobody cared about. Animals. The critters in that stable. Born in a little nothing. Born, to, born the son of a carpenter and a nobody. But most importantly, born the son of God. Some magi, some kings showed up, brought him some presents. It was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. You know, we have our stories about the birth of Christ, and uh, yeah, who knows how how perfectly accurate they are. For me, as a believer, I'm I'm content to take them at face value, but. I think one of the stories about the birth of Christ that people miss is the story of this first gift, right? The first gift of Christmas. What was the first gift? The first gift of Christmas was the birth of Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian, Jesus Christ was your Savior. God gave us his Son knowing that his Son was going to die a horrible death on a cross for a group of ungrateful people, many of whom wouldn't believe in him, many of whom would hate him, and many of the people of the time were responsible for his death. They stood by. They cheered it. So he gave us this gift despite the fact that we didn't appreciate it, despite the fact that the, the gift was going to be smashed and destroyed over a cross, broken. Wow. You talk about a good reason to give a gift. You talk about an amazing gift. That's an amazing gift. It is an absolutely incredible thing, the birth of Jesus Christ. And I have to tell you, it's also one of the most amazing things that's happened in, in the history of mankind. Birth of Jesus Christ is also, I think there's a lot of parallels with it, with Santa Claus. I love Santa Claus. I, uh, I am 46 years old next month and uh, am absolutely the biggest believer in Santa that there is. I love the Polar Express movie. 
I love, love, love the Polar Express movie. All about belief. It's all about choosing to believe. Uh, the boy in there, he finally understands and learns what Santa is when he chooses to believe. So I love Santa. And uh, I want to tie this also back into the, the initial conversation about our warriors and, and about how we need to have faith that things are going to be good. We received that gift 2,000 years ago. Uh, we've got Santa. We've got Jesus. We've got the gift of Christmas. Well, let me pull this all together, right? There's a lot here. So Santa stands for true giving, giving without expectation of anything coming back without any sort of, uh, you know, I'm going to give, but I want to get this. Santa, you know, he gives these presents. He not only gives these presents, but he gives these presents to people he doesn't know. He works all year to build these things. He gives them these kids. He doesn't even get to watch them open it, right? At least when, you know, mom and dad give kids presents, they get to get a hug out of it. But, you know, Santa, he drops off these presents all over the place. He gets nothing out of it. Nothing other than the opportunity to go back to the North Pole, which, I mean, listen, let's be realistic here. Now, I know it's Santa, and I know Santa's got magic. So the North Pole, I'm sure, is super, super cool wherever he lives. But it's the North Pole, right? It sucks. It's freezing. It's cold. It's snowy all the time. There's no palm trees and no beach. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want to live there. So this guy goes up to the North Pole, works with his elves, I mean, I don't know. I'm hoping they get paid overtime. They work all year round. It takes a lot of effort to build that many toys, right? Work their tail off uh, to then build up. And they work all year round to build up for a night where they have to work 50 times harder delivering all these presents. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It is that that's a rough job. It's it's a rough, rough job. It's a job I'd love to have. I actually always wanted to be Santa Claus. But Santa's the spirit of giving, right? Santa is the spirit of giving, and I love that spirit. I love that. And it's very similar to, to Jesus, right? Jesus is a gift, a gift to mankind, and Santa is a spirit of giving. So uh, before, you know, the atheists and uh, the non-believers start giving me the, yeah, and we don't believe in either of them. Let me, let me point out a few things. So I believe in Jesus, and uh, faith is always something that is a choice. It's never proof. If you have proof that Jesus is God, if you have proof that God himself is here, if I can show you a picture, if he stops by my house, well, then I don't have faith anymore. I've got proof. I've got evidence. Uh, we're... we're choosing to have faith, right? So the choice to have faith means that you're choosing to believe without necessarily being able to prove. doesn't mean that there's no evidence, but God's very clever uh, about, about ensuring that there's evidence without proof. So we've got all sorts of evidence. Maybe you believe in miracles. Maybe you uh, believe that it's a miracle that, you know, Jesus being born 2,000 years ago is still being talked about. At the end of the day, though, uh, yeah, I got I got kind of these lawyer eyes, and so I I recognize that when I choose to believe in God, the nature of faith is such that there will never be proof, or it wouldn't be faith. God asked us to have faith, to trust Him, to believe in Him. 
that's the the challenge, the infinite cha- challenge that humanity has. Uh, we're asked to believe in him without proof, because if there was proof, it wouldn't be faith. I choose to believe in Jesus. I choose to believe in God. I choose to believe in Santa Claus. Why? Well, Jesus told me to love my neighbor. He told me to love my enemies. He told me to do what was right. He told me that I should believe in justice, that I should try and be good. He told me that we should trust God. He told me that I should not judge people. We got to watch actions. We got to judge actions because we got to know whether or not we should do something. But we shouldn't judge the people. We should love our neighbor. Jesus is a guy who he forgave sinners. He didn't hate sinners. He tried to bring them into the fold. In fact, that was the whole purpose of Jesus. You know, uh, I always wonder when my fellow Christians uh, ostracize people as sinners what what they're thinking. I mean, Jesus himself did just the opposite. He embraced the sinners and, and tried to help them to be better. Well, isn't the world a little bit better because I believe those things are good? I mean, by believing in Christ, am I not making things a little bit better? Because if I believe in him, I'm going to try and emulate him or follow his direction. If I have faith, if I choose to believe in Jesus, isn't that a good thing? If that teaches me to not hate, if it teaches me to love and to respect, if it teaches me to value free will and to recognize that it's my role to assist people in being better, but not my role to judge them for their faults, doesn't that make the world better? Isn't my faith a positive force? Isn't that a good thing? It makes my world better. It allows me to love people and allows me to not be as angry as I would probably otherwise be. It allows me not to hate. And it's an interesting thing because, you know, I'm a lawyer, I'm a fighter, and uh, I spent the first a solid portion of the show talking about government corruption and how we got to fight it and this, that, and other. But my faith teaches me that I don't fight because I hate. It teaches me that I fight for justice. And justice is never about hate. Justice is about ensuring that people have an equal opportunity and that people are treated with love and fairness and respect and all those sorts of things. Justice is about ensuring that if someone is wrong, that they're made whole. Justice is never about hate. And any part of the legal system based on hate, well, it's it's poorly done, frankly. Uh, God's justice is perfect. It's never about hate. Here's the rules. You either follow it or not. Uh, isn't that a beautiful thing? Now, I'm not perfect, so I do get mad. I do get frustrated at the government corruption, at the FBI. Um, you know, I mean, I really think that the whole, uh, what, what do they call themselves, these buffoons, the, the squad. And what is that, by the way? The squad? Ugh. I'm going to try and be nice here because it, we're talking Christmas. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I most of the time think they belong, you know, on an airplane to any other country but this. But I shouldn't hate any of them. I shouldn't. I should pray for them. I should hope that they get better and that you know they get right in their heads. Christianity teaches love. It teaches respect. So that's what Christmas is. 
right? That's also the reason I believe in Santa. My world's better for believing in Santa. He, he teaches me about giving without expectation of receiving. I don't, he didn't ask for reciprocation. He just gives, right? Shouldn't we all do that? Isn't that a good thing? Isn't that a beautiful thing? I think it's an amazing thing. I think it's incredible. I think it's just, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yet, you know, I mean, we see attacks on Christmas. We see wars on it. We got to say happy holidays because it's offensive to people that we believe in something that stands for giving and love. How is that offensive? How is that offensive? I really, I would love for someone to explain to me how it's offensive to anyone. I don't care what you believe. Okay, so you don't want to believe in Jesus. You want to believe in whatever it is you want to believe in. How is my belief that I should treat you with love and respect offensive? It's not. It's not offensive to anybody. If you're offended by Merry Christmas, I don't know. There's something wrong with you. You're not offended by Merry Christmas. The people who don't like us saying Merry Christmas are people who are, it's not because they're offended. It's because they're against Christianity. They're against Christmas. They're against us. And I don't hate them. I feel sorry for them. I really do. I can't imagine going through my entire life without the goodness of knowing that once a year I can spend a couple days just thinking about the good parts of humanity, about giving and about love. Let me be honest with you. Uh, I know I'm a warrior. I know I'm a fighter. I, I, I embrace the fight. It's rough. It's rough, but it's it's just part of who I am. If there's anything on this planet that would ever get me to leave the battlefield, it would be if I had the opportunity to be Santa. If I just, you know, give things and help people and do good things, I mean, that's just, that'd be great. You know, I, uh, I think that would be spectacular. Santa Claus has the best job on the planet, even though it's a lot of work with very little thanks. I think it's a beautiful and amazing thing. And I hope I can be a little bit more like Santa in the new year. But I want everybody to know, and going back to where we were at the beginning, to my brothers and sisters who are fighting this fight and who are weary, who are struggling, who've been really beat up over the last few years. It's Christmas. And remember, the birth of our Savior, the belief in Christmas, that represents hope. It represents forgiveness. It represents opportunity. It's here again. It's not going away. God's got our back. He's had our back for thousands of years, and he'll continue to have our back. We're making great strides. We're seeing the COVID narrative collapse. We're seeing the truth about the corruption in the FBI come out. We're seeing the truth about corruption everywhere come out. We're seeing the great reawakening of people. And many people are starting to hear God's message. We're seeing more people start to actually think, yeah, maybe we should you know, look into this faith thing. Things are going to get better in 2023 because we set the groundwork for them in 2020 through 2023 too. They're going to get better because we've done so much work and because God's had our back and because it's time for things to start improving. So we're going to see great changes in 2023. That's my prediction. I want my brother and sister warriors to keep their chins up and to think about that. I want you, if you're feeling discouraged, to look at the news and note that despite all of the bad news, 
how much more are you seeing come out that's truthful? How many more people are listening to alternative media? How many more people are showing up at events where they're hearing truth? The legacy media is going to either change and start telling the truth or they're going to continue dying and they'll eventually go away. It's going to be a long, slow death because the people running the world aren't going to let it happen easily because that's their control on free speech. But we're making gains. We're going to have a great 2023. We're going to have an amazing Christmas. I hope every one of you will will give someone a hug. Just feel some love, enjoy the season, and uh, feel a little bit of hope. I'm very excited. I wish you all the merriest of Christmas. Please support us at TomRens.com. Join the Substack. Join us wherever you can. Uh, support our fight. And most importantly, most importantly, have a Merry Christmas. Leave some cookies and milk out for Santa. He needs them. And, uh, and love each other. Happy, happy Christmas. And talk to you all soon. <laughs>